One day I was visiting my parents in the Midwest and I ran into a man I hadn't seen in years and years. I would know you anywhere, he said to me. You look just like your mother. It's amazing the way that works, right? You go through your life thinking you're your own person, really. You've decided who you are and that's that. Until somebody comes along and reminds you that you are not only not your own creator, but you are also part of a long, long, long line of people whom you resemble, whether you want to or not, in more ways than you can ever know. And it becomes clear as time goes on that we need to know our ancestors, where we come from, to whom we belong, in order to have any choice in who we will become. We have to recognize our own tribe before we can claim any individuality at all. Because when we don't know, we start to act as if we have created ourselves. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. That's what we heard in the Gospel. It suggests that the world was in a state of unconsciousness at the birth of Jesus. The people who called themselves the people of God did not recognize that it was Jesus who was God. It was Jesus in whose relationship with the Father they had had life. Not surprising, really. In many tangible and oppressive ways, the Jews were still in exile at the time Jesus came into the world. They looked for a political savior. Failing that, the life they had was all they had. When it was over, it was really over. Resurrection was possible in the far, far distant future after the Messiah's arrival, but what happened between life as they knew it and the unimagined life of the hereafter didn't really have much impact on their everyday lives. And it seems to me that there are many times in our lives when we are in that state of unawareness, of exile. We think we know who we are and where we're headed. We believe that we're in charge of our lives. But then something happens, something horrible or something wonderful, but completely unanticipated. And everything that we thought we understood is now open to question. An unexpected turn of events which causes us to review our lives as we believe that we knew them. A man sat in my office the other day and talked about an event which had occurred between him and his father. Events like this had occurred many times, but this time he just couldn't take it. And he couldn't take it because he could no longer pretend that what his father wanted him to do was honest when in fact what he wanted him to do was dishonest. This crisis occurred at this time because his own son had reached the age of eight and was beginning to experiment with not telling his parents the truth. His teacher had caught him forging his mother's name on his homework. This man was astonished, but as soon as he said to me, but I've always been honest with my sons, how could he have done this? He realized that he had not always been honest. He wanted so desperately to be a good and honest father, but in that moment, he came face to face 
with a partially hidden truth that he had imitated his own dishonest father. This appalled him. He thought he had been like the Israelites thought they had been, faithful to the law, and had been a good and honest father to his own children. The part of him that imitated his own father was the part which was in exile, which was unconscious. And that part of him longed for things to be different with his father. That part of him thought that he could control his father and therefore the relationship if he just kept the peace and did what his father asked, no matter how dishonest. Sitting there in anguish in my office, he said, but I will never change him. He will not change. No, I said, I don't want to be like him. I want to be good. I want to be a good father. I nodded. What do you want to do about it? I said. And it came to him really slowly and very painfully that he would never be able to have the father he wanted. The father who acted honestly and treated him well, who was proud to be his father and would never ask him to compromise his integrity for the sake of the relationship. Waking up from exile, realizing that we were dreaming, is often a sad and difficult experience. No one wants to think that life is nothing like the way we thought it would be. But I'm happy to tell you that this man did realize after a while that although he could not have the father he wanted, he really could be the father he wanted to be. He had just never imagined that he would have to come to grips with his father by becoming the man he was born to be, by remembering of whom he was made and by whom, by being true to himself and to his ancestry with God. How do I know that he was born to be a good father anyway? Well, that's the way I hear the gospel. I hear that Christ came to show us by virtue of his actions who God is and what it means to be made of God. What Christ did to show us was unpredictable and unimagined. The blind saw, the lame walked, the mute spoke, the poor were fed. What Christ did was to create unexpected and illogical responses to completely broken and heretofore irreparable conditions. The Jews thought that life would change when the Messiah came to crush Rome, when the Messiah came to change the rest of the world. They missed it. They missed the fact that they had gone into their own exile by forgetting who they were, by working greater and greater compromise with Rome to keep the peace. They missed it, that they had to change. We too exile ourselves. We forget to believe that all things are possible if we acknowledge that God is here, inside us, and among us. The reading from Isaiah tells us something about what will happen when we come out of exile, when we remember that we are made of God and from God and by God and for God, when we realize what that is. Isaiah says, You shall be called a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. 
You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord. You shall be a crown of beauty. That's pretty spectacular. The tendency to act as if God is not present is all too pervasive in our lives. But we are here together in this church because we want to believe that that is true. And we want to believe that God is always here in us. And we need each other to remind us of that. To remind us that deep inside, no matter what else has happened, we are part of that love which has no limits. Cherishing that part of oneself which is part of the divine tribe is shining the light in the darkness. And every moment of light is another step toward heaven on earth. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorNV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-N-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.